Welcome to the Terabot Space Podcast. This is Sarabind. In this podcast, I speak to entrepreneurs, innovators, and thought leaders in an attempt to demystify Earth observation, satellite data, and all its applications. Okay, no new episode this week. Instead, I'm sharing an episode from the New Space India podcast, where I was invited to talk about all things Earth observation, particularly focusing on India. The New Space India podcast is hosted by Narayan Prasad, the co-founder and CEO of SatSearch, and is the go-to podcast to learn about space tech in India. I thought I'd share this episode here, as we cover a lot of interesting topics that might be relevant to the audience listening to this podcast as well. In this episode, Narayan and I discuss the state of EO in India, differences in EO adoption versus the West, the need for vertical-specific EO innovation hubs, and more. Hope you enjoy this conversation. Hi, you're listening to the New Space India podcast, a bi-weekly talk show that exclusively brings insights from the Indian space activities ecosystem. I'm your host, Narayan, the co-founder of India's first space-focused think tank, Spaceport Sarabhai. Guests on the New Space India podcast help you understand space activities related macro and micro trends within India in all aspects, including space history, local industry, space science, technology evolution, law and policy, art, and more. The New Space India podcast is supported by Dassault Systems, a global leader in providing businesses and people with collaborative virtual environments to enable sustainable innovations. Dassault Systems Solutions supports startups, small and medium-scale enterprises, and original equipment manufacturers in developing disruptive solutions for space launchers and satellites. Hi, and welcome to yet another episode of the New Space India podcast. Today, we have here Arvind, who is a consultant and he now runs TerraWatch Space and it's very successful with his focus on Earth observation. I'm sure that, you know, his background of being a software engineer and then moving into Earth observation and then now really helping companies with the go-to-market strategies and really shaping up the space industry in Earth observation as one of the, I would say, most recent pioneers in this sector would be the right word for him in that sense. So Arvind, so thank you so much for taking the time to speaking with me. And I'm really excited to ask you some questions that I'm dying to listen your views on. Sure. Thanks. Thanks, Narayan. It's a pleasure to be on. And yeah, thanks for the kind words. Great. So let's really begin with what have you seen in the Earth observation domain that you think are of interest to somebody who is a either an entrepreneur or a policymaker in India in terms of trends and where have you seen maturity or progress in this sector? Because this sector has been around for a long time. Earth Observation Way has been around for 50 years or whatever, and it's changed incrementally. And as convergence has happened, things have narrowed. But what do you see as some of the most interesting things that people need to watch out for? Yeah, I think, the, as you said, it's not new, right? It's been around for 50 years. Lance has launched in the 70s. And it's been collecting data for 50 years and we've been using that data. So yeah, it's not a new sector at all. But what's changing now is essentially the supply of data is increasing, both from a public sector mission point of view, but also commercial companies coming up, including companies in India like Helen, who are all also launching satellites. So there will be an increased supply of data. And also on the public sector side, we've had a couple of missions from India launch, including recently, and then I guess NISAR will come in with a partnership with NASA, which is a very interesting mission because of the kind of capabilities it will have, and it will also be open data available for everyone. 
So on the data side or data acquisition side, as I call it, that's the first layer. Things are great. You're collecting a lot of data. But then the challenge is then in the two following layers. The second is what I call dissemination. So how is this data being disseminated? Who is it being disseminated to? Who is using them? How are they using them? Because, you know, using satellite imagery, as a lot of people know, requires its own expertise because it's its own science called remote sensing. So it's not every software engineer or data analyst can use that data because they need to understand. Or even if they understand, they need to know Apart from an optical image where they know it's a tree, they need to still understand remote sensing to get insights out of it. So the on the dissemination side, you have things called platforms where you can either go and access imagery or you can access what is being called analysis-ready data these days. And there's also some companies focusing on edge computing, for instance, which is a combination where they're trying to kind of analyze the data in orbit. You have a couple of companies in India coming up, like Sai, which is trying to put SAR and optical together in one satellite. And Kaiser, I think, is also looking at all edge computing on orbit processing. So what they're trying to do, instead of disseminating the data, they're trying to disseminate some sort of analytics. So they're trying to do that. So again, companies are going in that direction. But is that enough? Are more people actually aware of which platforms can be used to use the data, download the data? That I'm not fully sure of because it, it depends on policy, which as some of them might be aware is changing in India. We have a new geospatial policy and there's a lot of focus on geospatial, at least in the last year or two, where there have been some policy revisions which have made either selling data or acquiring data easier. The policy has supposedly made that easier, but is that in action? We have to see. And the last kind of stage is intelligence, which are kind of companies using satellite data to create insights or create products, essentially software for use in different industries. And I think there has been some success in that, typically because India has anyway been quite successful in the software world, whether it's creating a product for energy or if it's for you know, infrastructure monitoring or even for use cases that are outside the, the usual bell curve, where you have companies like Numer8 and you have AquaConnect, which I think raised funding recently. They've been doing pretty well, but then obviously they don't advertise themselves as satellite imagery companies because they're trying to solve their own problems. So in that front, things look good. Is that enough? I don't think it's enough because we are more than capable of, I guess, producing more companies. We should be producing more companies because we have a lot of problems to solve, whether it's simple things like monitoring the roads or having better warning systems when there are floods or creating better flood maps. So there are a lot of use cases that are there that we need support on. And we've been seeing even like recently, there was the, there was the, I wouldn't say debacle, but then the news from Joshimath, uh, that, that some folks might be aware of. But yeah, I mean, there are a lot of use cases. I think that use case is more to do with landslides and, you know, how we can spot dangers well ahead of time with satellite data. So there are a lot of use cases. So we need a lot more work across a lot of sectors. But yeah, I guess the focus has been a lot on acquisition, which is the first layer, which is launching satellites and creating new data. But unfortunately, the next two layers have not been as much focused both on the policy side, but also on the commercial side, whether you're an investor or if you're, you, even if you're someone who's an outsider who has no idea what's going on. That's not what you think about. You just think about the satellite, you think about the rocket, which is, yeah, which is a bit, which is a bit of a pity. So yeah, that's, that's kind of the state of play today. I think the key message here is the three layers that you mentioned. 
which is a data acquisition, data dissemination, and then insights and intelligence around the data itself. How do you see India and the players within India, both governmental and private, go against the trends that are happening around the world? Are we very far behind what is happening around or what do you see as the your lens of comparing these? And are we in a place where we are competitive to a large extent and we will be equally progressing in innovation and all of these things or are we in the place where we're going to miss them? It's a good question because I think I don't know if there's one general answer for across the industry, but then on the on the data layer, on the acquisition side, I think we're doing quite okay because basically we have, India is one of the best countries when it comes to observation satellites. And every time I learn about either a satellite that I've not heard about or just look into the capabilities of a sensor, I'm amazed because we have a lot of capabilities, whether it's high resolution, optical, star, or the satellites that we have launched in the past, partnerships with Israel, for instance, which are probably more for defense use cases. But still, we have the technology. So, you know, we probably are not missing the bus when it comes to the data acquisition layer. Do we have as many companies as the West? We don't, but maybe it's a good thing because there is a crowd of companies from different parts of the world launching satellites without really knowing what the satellites will be used for. So, in that sense, because we have these three or four companies, actually, along with the public sector missions, I think we're doing pretty good because it's covering the hyperspectral side of things. And then Galaxy, when they launch, they will have a hybrid optical and SAR mix along with onboard processing. And then Satchur will have, they'll have again, optical multispectral with, uh, I think, with some onboard processing as well. So on the technology front for the data acquisition side, I think we're doing good. I don't think we've missed the bus. We are investing smartly in things that we might need. I don't know if that's happening on a more strategic level. I would like to see it more happening on a strategic level, uh, which means from a very problem-centric point of view, we are still launching from a very technology-centric point of view. I would like to see us launch with a purpose. By that, we know that India is very focused on agriculture. How are we doing in terms of coverage and imagery with respect to agriculture? I'd like to see some sort of, I don't know, strategy go into before launching the next satellite, see how it's relevant for India's most important sector, agriculture, and see what are the gaps and see how we can fill the gaps. So that's something that we can do, but I think that will inevitably happen because we will have all these satellites up. Where I guess we will have probably missed the train is mostly on the intelligence side, but I guess there, I think there are, there are two sides of the coin to that. One, we will have a lot of companies in the West pushing their technology and pushing their products to us. You look at climate and you look at emissions or all of that climate-related products, we will have a lot of companies from the West pushing their or trying to push or localize their solution. Or you look at a planet, I'm sure they'll start pushing their solutions into the developing world and also to India sometime in the future. But then the thing that works in our favor is we need localized solutions. We need solutions that are built for India, which I don't think can be built by someone coming from the West. Maybe they can build a satellite and offer that, but then from building a service that will be used, I don't think they can do that. Like you look at a company like Blue Sky Analytics, they have invested a lot. And of course, they are from India and they know a lot of things that folks from the West would not probably know or know how to sell or create a software product that makes sense for the Indian market. So I guess we are not missing the train there because we still are the ones who will be capable of doing it. I'm afraid if it's going to be too late, someone else is going to come into the market and learn, you know, how the industry works. And it's better if, you know, it sprouts from 
India and kind of expands into the world. And Satchure is a good example of a company that has done that. But I'd like to see Satchure, if I think about like successful, successful in quote unquote, but companies that have made it, there are not many in India, but for such a large soft software and service oriented market, I don't think we've produced as much. So yeah, I think that's where I fear we might miss the train, even though we still have our localized solution, like I said, that is going to be important. And that's very few from coming from the outside will be able to do. But I fear that they will inevitably do it if we don't do it ourselves. And for that, we need to do a lot of work, right? Whether it's coming from education, we need to set up an ecosystem. How many people who are studying data science or the millions of people who are studying computer science, how many of them know even that I don't know, petabytes of data are available for their use. Or do they know the basics of remote sensing and how to use the data? Do they know what the use cases are? Or if you're someone who's starting a software company, which I guess there are thousands of companies being founded on a daily daily basis in India, how many of them actually know what satellite data can do? Maybe there are some that take that for granted, but then you need to know that when you're founding the company to, to in order to exploit that. And I know of some companies that are coming up that are actively thinking about it and I've had conversations with them, which is great. And they are trying to sell it to the national authorities or their state authorities in smart city management, water quality and water pollution. So there are a lot of these companies coming up that are starting companies centered on solving problems using satellite data, but I don't think we have enough. We need to invest a lot more on awareness and education but also couple that with having tools, right? Just because someone knows, because that I can do. I'm creating a course and I want to go and push that in India, I can do it. But then if we don't have the follow-up for that, which is basically an interesting platform where people can go and play around and create their applications, then that's a problem. Or if we have to depend on a company that is building it for the US market, that is a very different problem. It's better if we have things like that coming out of India. So I think we need to couple the awareness with proper actionable tools that people can go to. It seems even if you were to spread the awareness, I don't know if we have the next step sorted out, right? Do people know where to go and buy satellite data? Do we have a portal where we can go and access all potentially available data from all of its road missions? Those are all a question mark, right? So I think all of that also need to be coupled with the awareness part. Great. And one of the interesting aspects here is the question of government being a customer in the satellite industry and in the earth observation industry. There is this hope that space and even earth observation will be commercial to a large extent and government and especially defense and other such requirements that come up mostly from governments eventually will be lesser and the commercial world will take over in terms of the demand curve, right? I don't know if we are already there or I don't get a sense that we are already there. I don't track those numbers personally a lot, but my sense is that we are nowhere close to that kind of a a break-even point to a large extent in this industry. And it may be that we can never be as well, (laughs) depending on the geopolitical situations that that arises as well and, and the maturity of the industry as well. So... Uh, this has been a hope for the earth observation community for the last many decades as it is. There is this sense of earth observation in India and especially a lot of the downstream applications can run with mostly private or B2B or even B2C applications. How much of that is a reality today and is it a good expectation to have or is government needed as an anchor customer in some of the specific areas for 
many of these companies to pitch them as a customer to be able to mature? Yeah, it's a good question because you know obviously it's not a given, and I think the answer depends on for what use case. To be honest, because there are some use cases where I think the demand will inevitably come from the private sector. So there will be a proper product market fit or a technology market fit where we know that satellite data will probably be the best technology, not just because it can do it, but it's the most scalable and efficient way to do it. I'm talking use cases related to climate risk reporting, reporting, and all of those climate-related disclosures that companies need to do, as well as things that they need to do to take care of their assets, build early warning systems so that you know they don't lose their infrastructure to a weather event. Things like that will inevitably come. You don't really need the government to set the precedence for that, where the companies will themselves go in the hunt for solutions because they know that they don't want to have their assets destroyed in the next flood. And they want to either even some of the companies, not specifically in India, but then there are some companies I'm speaking about in the West that are even ready to make their own investment into improving uh, a part of the technology if it's saving their bottom line. Because if the solution is not available, they would even, they're even ready to invest in their own to create those solutions. So on the, on, on those use cases front, I'm not really worried because yeah, there are some use cases for which satellites are the best way to do it. And I think you just need to do some sort of matchmaking. Uh, and the best use case I can think of is what Satcher is now doing in India across with, with banks for credit scores and all that. Inevitably, all of them will figure out that, you know what, we are not going to go into each house or look into each farm to verify if they are qualified for a loan or they have a good credit score. You can just do it from satellites because it's just scalable. You can sit at home and look at a dashboard. So, you know, it's just there, those use cases, they'll just inevitably the adoption will happen. But then there are some use cases where, especially on the public sector side and related to policy monitoring, where you need to have the government buy in. I'm thinking of use cases where, you know, where the policy related aspects or economic aspects, even where you think about, I mentioned an example about water quality monitoring. There are going to be very few companies who are going to be interested in doing that on their own, right? Or if it's, you know, urban development or looking into green spaces or even looking into emissions, for instance, or reporting emissions, carbon stock takes and things like that. There, the adoption will not happen. And even though there are, even though there is a startup now today that can provide a water quality monitoring service to everybody or, you know, potentially even expand that to other use cases, right? This is the best place to build the infrastructure. Or if you're setting up a new, I don't know, building or you're building a new stadium or you're investing in a major infrastructure, this is the best place for it because you can see from the flood map and from the elevation model that this is where floods will not occur. Things like that. I would expect the governments to come and set the stage and also set the context for private companies. The, from like what happened in the West, you need to have some buy-in from the government to show that this is a valid technology and we're going to use it for making serious decisions. And if that happens, I think the adoption in the private sector will follow. And on the defense side, I think it's a completely different conversation, right? So the the adoption of commercial imagery by the defense sector is an ongoing conversation. It started to happen in the US. The biggest validation came last year with a big contract from the DOD, the 10-year, 10 billion contracts, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe the numbers are wrong, but we got that validation and they will continue to be such big contracts. That's great news and that's kind of how it's happening in the West. 
So for defense, that's a completely different conversation. But then for commercial use cases, civilian use cases, I feel like there are some where the government needs to kind of show, maybe in some use cases, they don't even need to adopt, adopt as much as the private sector will. But then they need to at least show how it's done. And I feel like if we don't have that, then it's going to be hard for the private sector to take that risk and go into investing in a new technology. In some use cases where they have to, they will. But I don't think we can just depend on that depend on that automatic adoption. We still need the government to show how it's done because a lot of use cases, let's face it, are going to be very similar. Whether you're reporting emissions, the governments need to do that. Whether you're reporting the risk or you're developing new flood warning systems, all of that the government will have to do anyway. So I expect them to kind of set the stage there, which has not happened as much as I would like, to be honest. Yeah, and one of the other aspects that you actually touched upon is this idea that localized solutions to India will come from local people because they understand the problem and the culture very well. And this is an interesting aspect to discuss as well, which is if you look at enterprise SaaS in India or so on, there's a number of companies that have gone on to create software products that sell around the world. Companies like Freshworks and Zoho are really great examples of something like that. And putting together this reverse logic, how how easy is that for companies like Satchor or others to capture markets abroad? Because that should also be equally difficult, right? Because at the end of the day, in any sector that is very high touch and space and earth observation and all of these sectors are extremely high touch industries where you need to be very close to your customer to do the discovery and identify all the gaps and then create a service or an intelligence or insights or whatever you want to call it then to be able to solve a particular problem. What is your sense of this sector? Will it be a bunch of companies who are sitting close to their customers in each of the regions that are then moving ahead? Or is there a possibility for Zoho style or Freshwork style capturing of global markets by certain enterprises or certain companies? Yeah, 100%. I think that can happen. And I think, again, if you were to look into it with the lens of the three layers, even with the acquisition, the data layer, right? Like it is going to be inevitable that we will start manufacturing satellites at scale. Today, if you want to buy a satellite, and you know that better working at or working, being part of the executive team at Search, you know, how these acquisitions happen. If a country wants to buy new satellites, this is kind of how it works. But then it will happen, it's probably a matter of time before India becomes competitive on launching satellites. So if some country or a company wants to launch EO satellites, they will inevitably find out that, okay, you know what, we have a few capabilities in India that are very cost efficient that will do the job. So on the upstream satellite selling front, I think it can inevitably happen, especially with a few, especially with a few companies coming up. But, and the same applies to the data side because they will be able to launch satellites and manufacture them at scale uh, at low cost compared to the West. I think that will affect their pricing as well. And we saw that with Satellogic's pricing supposedly seemed to be one of the cheapest for even pretty high resolution, like 70 centimeter imagery. And I think we can see that. I'm guessing that's kind of where Pixel will probably position itself because there are several hyperspectral companies coming up in the world. and. Even though Pixel has other differentiating factors, I expect them to also differentiate by price so because of their because of their design that is done in house and their ability to 
potentially, not now, potentially also manufacture the whole thing in-house, including the payloads, again, which doesn't happen now, if I'm not mistaken. So I think that from the data pricing side, we can be competitive and we can go and expand to a global market. And at the end of the day, because I work with end users, I know that they care mostly about the price. So they wouldn't care where you're from unless it's for a defense use case, where the data is coming from or where the company is based. So from a data point of view, it's easy to imagine that world quite late in the earth observation kind of cycle because there are companies with already pretty operational constellations. So we might need to execute pretty well and efficiently to get to that stage. So yeah, that's on the data side. But then on the dissemination and the intelligence side, we have the potential. And I don't think it's wrong to say that we will have our own kind of Zoho or Freshware company simply because they're, the use cases that we are targeting are quite localized. We may need to identify a use case that is applicable globally in the same way as we are. The thing with, for example, Zoho is it's a very horizontal company. So they can look at selling their success or CRM essentially across the world because everywhere it works the way it works the same. I'm wondering what would be that horizontal use case for satellite imagery. We can look at a platform. If you look at a platform company, I think that makes sense because everybody would want to access the data, play around with it, and you can think of everybody wanting it in the same way. But then if you're going down the value chain into a use case, it's going to be it's going to be quite hard to imagine because you look at, for example, Blue Sky Analytics, which is generating data sets like wildfire and emission and water quality and all that. I don't know if they will be consumed in the same way. It will be reported the same way around the world. So they can potentially do that. It's not a no. But then identifying that horizontal area, which is scalable globally, it's going to be a challenge, but not, that's not to say that companies will only just remain in India. And you look at that show as an example, they are already selling their products in a few countries. And I expect and a lot of them, of course, in the developing world, because we have similar cultures and localized needs. So I expect companies to, to do that and then slowly but surely expand into the West. So I can think of kind of this earth observation industry growing in two or three kind of ways around the world. The West will have its own ways and own companies and expansion strategies. And then companies coming from India and versus larger Asian continent scaling one way or the other. And then there's going to be the, the Chinese ecosystem, which is going to go and develop on its kind of on its own. So uh, growing in the direction, it's, that's how it is right now, because in China, even in China, their industry is pretty big. And there are several of these companies and several companies launching satellites. So China has its own ecosystem, the West has its own ecosystem. And I think for some use cases, there might be companies from the West trying to sell their products in India, especially if it's coupled with the big tech or with the big enterprise softwares of the world, right? Like if, if there is SAP or if there is, I don't know, Accenture that is developing a new solution for, I don't know, for vegetation monitoring, it can be scaled globally. It doesn't depend, it doesn't matter where that solution is developed, but then there's going to be some use cases where it, it's going to be separate for India and the developing world. So one of the other interesting aspect is this idea of how do you productize earth observation? Because I guess a lot of pitfalls in the earth observation community is really people who fall into the trap of just becoming either consulting companies or doing projects instead of products or services to a large extent that are repeatable right in one form or the other how much of this industry today in your 
perception is uh, really a place where they are looked at like any other enterprise product rather than just consulting or project based business oh yeah it's, but that's that, that's the challenge that not just in india but around the world it's the same thing we have more consulting service based solution based companies in at observation more so than scalable or companies with scalable and repeatable business models which is just the nature of the industry because you're also early days in the commercial sense not early days for generating the data but then it's still early days for the commercial and go to market side of the industry even companies that are sitting on millions of dollars of cash like planet are figuring it out as we speak whether it's through their go to market or their acquisition they're still figuring it out so i don't think it's again it's just not an indian thing but then obviously i guess we will have our own own kind of way of implementing it and i have kind of a small it's not it's not the truth yet it's not a fact but i have a thesis that the adoption of earth observation is in india and in the developing world will be in a way that is different to how it is in the west meaning we will be able to adopt it in a way that the countries in the west have not been able to do for several reasons but we've already started to see that happen for example with satchor and how they have been able to sell to the biggest banks in india for instance or the way blue sky has been able to do it or aqua connect you know the names the usual suspects uh, from indian eo ecosystem keep coming up because they have pulled it off and they have convinced these large even banks or governmental agencies to adopt this new type of data and they have started to use it operationally right and in the west that same process has taken a long time for several reasons whether it's their willingness to use the new technology etc and all and the equivalent that i can think of is how africa got into the mobile payments before the west did because they were just able to adopt it quickly than before the, than the west could i'm guessing something similar will happen in the indian and the developing ecosystem in terms of adoption of data simply because the necessity is also going to be high because you look at even in africa and across I'm guessing it's also can be generalized across Asia and Latin America. The needs will define how the technology is adopted, and because the needs are, and companies will probably see the benefits, right? Like at the end of the day, it's numbers. Why should I use satellite imagery for monitoring my infrastructure? Why should I use it for verifying credit risk scores? Things like that. The companies here will start to see the advantage of satellite data faster than. companies in the west will because they already have a traditional way of working you look at insurance has had a way of working in the us and in the west in one way and they would find it harder slower to change their strategy and start using satellite data etc but then in india and other developing world i expect that to be faster because yeah because they are going to realize that soon simply because they didn't have a stable traditional model their traditional model was very bespoke and hit and miss and now if you have a solution that is scalable and that works and hopefully is cost efficient they're going to just adopt it so i expect that to be yeah i expect that to be pretty good in india but then it won't happen by itself we need to enable that and make it happen and that involve creating all these companies and investing in all these companies and creating an ecosystem for creating new companies like that that can inevitably solve some of the larger economic challenges and i think we are also very well equipped to do that because my thesis for earth observation is if you're starting a company you shouldn't just think of just satellite data or just space or anything like that you should just think of solving a problem 
And if that involves combining five types of data for five different customers in five different ways, we need to do that. And I think we are ready to do that because that's what we've been doing within our software ecosystem anyway. And that's how we have founded all these companies because we have thought of localized ways to solve our problems and we have gone ahead and solved it. And I think it'll, I don't expect any less than what happened in that for further duration. But yeah, obviously it's still a thesis and it's not a fact yet. Yeah, always some interesting, some of these kinds of aspects. And the other really interesting aspect is really the participation of uh, big tech in earth observation and the impact on India and even maybe the rest of the world as well. Because one of the things that is happening, maybe the space industry and the generic community within earth observation is too small and too little capital to invest into developments of real AI <laughs> I would say to a large extent and the kind of infrastructure and the investment that is needed to advance the adoption of AI kind of technologies into this uh, this field. And interestingly, I saw actually a video from a demo that uh, Google did a few weeks ago in India, where they have now uh, digitized land and farms and all of the, they're starting to digitize a lot of the natural resources and everything else. And they're going to implement their AI engine, I think, on top of all of this imagery that is already existing and so on. wonder what would be the role of these kinds of companies when they, once they step in and how much of that will cause a disruption to a large extent. And if that could be this layer where, you know, everything in terms of the processing abilities and the processing requirements and being able to really go into, I don't know, a no-code solution of intelligence would emerge from all of these kinds of advancements and how that would impact a lot of the businesses that exist who are operating in a niche that still serves with a lot of manual work and not this level of implementation of such an advanced technology. What's your views on these? Yeah, this is exactly falling under the category of solutions or approaches that will be developed for India, either by the big tech or by entrepreneurs within the country. But I think we will have localized solutions because the uptake and the adoption of this it's going to be high. I expect the use of satellite data also to, to increase because now we've got a big push from Google to enable that. And similarly, it is, of course, investing in its capacity and it's, you know, it's also having satellite data in their platform on the cloud, same with Google, with the Google Earth Engine. And I expect the, them to also realize the potential of the market simply because of just the scale. At the end of the day, it's a numbers game. Yes, it's about the contract size, but then for some use cases, it's also about how many people are using it that will then lead to more projects. And you can totally see Google looking into Google Earth Engine. Right now, Google's focus for Google Earth Engine, which is its own satellite data processing platform, has been on the West. And they are figuring out their commercial model. They are even figuring out their features. And I expect them to do a specific product or for India and in the Indian ecosystem in general as the demand for data picks up. Because yeah, if they don't do it, they, they will they will lose out. On the AI front, I think there is some synergies that are starting to occur with respect to AI and satellite imagery. Like you said, there has been very kind of different conversations or separate conversations on AI and how AI is going to change things, whether it's through like the text-based interfaces or it's whether through the visual mediums. And I think inevitably the visual medium will converge with the satellite imagery front because folks who are working on computer vision, whether they are working in pharmaceutical 
or where they are working in industry, manufacturing industry, will start seeing the parallels that if you're in the industry and manufacturing and your, your algorithm to look at a specific part of your component or train them what or how to hold the object and things like that, it will have kind of spillover effects in our situation because that's what we're trying to do anyway, right? Like it's a car, it's a building, and we will start seeing those synergies and we will have companies that will be founded. And what I want to see happen is these synergies to happen not by accident, but in in kind of a planned way, right? If there is a company that is building a computer vision algorithm, and I think I know of a company, and I think it's called Hyperverge, that kind of went through this evolution. And I expect I want to see a lot more companies go into it and not end up accidentally into satellite imagery. We want to enable that by strategy, because if someone is developing an AI model for, for doing something that has some overlaps with how we're looking at it in satellite imagery or even with respect to larger data science. A lot of weather models today, the numerical weather prediction models, are using traditional data science and machine learning techniques. So we want to be able to see parallels and we want to be able to see both from a fundamental level. So if you're a researcher who's at a university trying to do it, you want to be able to see the parallels. And of course, you're excited about a new big technology like AI. But you want to, you should be able to see the parallels and its applications in satellite imagery. And that's where I guess the awareness part becomes more interesting and important. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the aspects that I'm always interested to look at is this idea of innovation hubs in Earth observation. And you can identify them in different parts of the world, right? There you go to the UK and you have the satellite applications catapult and there's an interesting startup, a geospatial ecosystem created by Geovation also in the yeah. UK and there's a few other places like that, right? And this is something that the moment that is largely missing in India, really the discovery of the problem and the stakeholder analysis as well as the working with the stakeholders and everything can accelerate through such a platform. What is your sense of if obviously India should have a geospatial innovation or a startup accelerator kind of a program? And if yes, what that structure of that program would look like? Yeah, we should absolutely have them because it's not going to happen by accident. Like the synergies that I'm talking about are for an ag tech company to realize that they should be using satellite data or if you're an insurance, whoever, fintech, Whatever you're starting to look, of course, there will be a curious founder with some background in science or someone would have known or someone would have told them that they can use satellites. That's how they're using satellites today. It's not happening organically or structurally. I think creating these innovation ecosystems or hubs or whatever you want to call it is absolutely necessary because it's not going to happen by accident because it's two different kind of ways, right? If you're someone who is head of ag incubator or if you have an Insure tech accelerator program. Yeah, you have no incentive to think about space or satellite imagery or the use of it. Probably not now. Maybe in five years, ten years, when satellite imagery is mainstream, you will inevitably use that. But today, you need to make that happen. And I think, like the satellite applications catapult model, needs to be replicated. I think there is a lot of scope for that. Simply because you need a place where innovation can meet, of course, the space agency. So Israel has probably a role to play there, but also the investing community and the last one being the end user. So we need a kind of an ecosystem where we can have these 
people meet up maybe a little bit more than matchmaking and there needs to be some strategy thinking to establishing it and to be honest one of the things that i want to do hopefully sometime in the next few years is to create something like that because we don't have enough of them in the world and what i want to do essentially is what you know you're talking about here is to create a way for these things to happen because the conducting competitions and hackathons will only get you so far right like the ones who are very interested in playing with satellite imagery will attend and perhaps find a found a company or two but that's almost believing in kind of that people will figure out new ideas and create companies that people will want to buy products from which is almost like how to be honest how the european innovation has been going on today there's very little structure even in the us it's there's not been much but i think that's starting to change now with all the accelerators and especially with the focus on defense over there uh, but i think for india we need to have that especially by sector or by use case right like we need to have that innovation ecosystem also by geography right there may be parts of india that are very good and i can't think of the top of my head but you probably know i can't think of an example where this part of the world or this part of india is very very good for churning out insurtech companies fintech companies of course we have the bangalore where everything is but i feel like there are some localized specialty areas where we can approach with specific use cases and how satellite data can play a role so that you don't have to go and barrage them with all the information uh, of again this and this and these are the sensors you can have a very specific innovation creating model where you know that this area or this part of or this hub already exists for energy or for insurance or for other sector and you can then create a kind of a ecosystem around that i think that would be the way to go and i don't think we have that today i think there i think the it probably needs to come top down right it probably needs to come from the government and probably from isro but also i guess there might there may be a chance for some investors who are interested in specific markets to to start doing that i'm thinking about like the antlers the world that that are interested in setting up these innovation ecosystems to start thinking about it strategically Yeah, in fact, one of the things that I was uh, trying to do in my some of my recent trips is really have just information sessions or exchange sessions with people who are from end user communities. For example, we had this setting in mind where we would invite the top five real estate companies in India to just come and talk about the challenges in in their business and. not really to talk about anything with respect to space or satellites or anything like yeah. that but generally for them to talk about what can what kind of information can them can make them more effective or efficient or what could what kind of gaps they see in having a much more competitive environment in that sector and all of these is where you get a lot of the signal around where does business value come from and the other bit is really i think to a large extent that is really missing this network of i would almost call it like a mentor first adopter network where if you take the top agricultural companies in the country or the top energy company or the top energy whatever the sectors there are and you pick the top 25 executives in 25 companies there and them being able to work with or have a relationship with what the earth observation community is doing is extremely important for the adoption of those things or those tools that these guys are creating in those sectors right because it's a two way conversation that needs to happen and often either 
somebody is pushing a solution where that solution is not needed or somebody has no clue what exactly is going on and are making some assumptions to create something which doesn't work eventually or if you create something then eventually you figure out that nobody wants to buy this at this price and it will fall through in any case so i think a lot of this can happen once you combine this effect of having a, an accelerator or a thing like that and include a really strong this kind of a mentor and adopter network yeah 100% i think the important thing is to also not the thing that i don't like or started to dislike is giving them the accelerator label because they probably yeah. are not even accelerating they're just finding product market fit which should happen like when you're finally founding the company so they probably need to that's more of a branding labeling exercise but essentially we also need folks and i think it's probably just the government for now where we need ones that are that have no skin in the game or no stake so if you want to be doing this so that the only goal is not value creation or it's not but that can happen as a side effect as a side effect you can find investor you can find your next unicorn or if you're a customer you can find your next kind of supplier for a product but doing this in a way that is not yeah that it's not going to be sided in one way or the other because that would then lead to kind of some sort of a pressure that oh we need to invest in two out of 10 companies that we invited which is not going to work right you want to be able to do that in a very open way and i think it's also going to be helpful for startups but yeah, i think we need to think about it more in terms of how to make that happen Okay like final question we're running out of time for sure what are your uh, let's say top list of advice or even top things with respect to recommendations that you would like to see or provide that will have an effect let's say 5 to 7 years from now that are specific to earth observation in india yeah i think probably three things one is on the entrepreneurial side in terms of creating new companies i don't think we have enough to be honest maybe we have enough satellite companies but even there you have couple of them but i think that it's changing it's growing we have uh, i think we just saw galaxy right there seed round if i'm not mistaken or was it pre seed i don't remember but they have a they did raise a new round so there is some traction among investors definitely not growing sorry it's definitely not enough but i think it's growing so we need a lot more and i think this innovation kind of ecosystem would enable the creation of those so in order to make that happen I think we need more of a top-down approach so the recommendation is probably to start thinking about ways to set up these top-down but strategically focused innovation hubs that would result in the creation of companies or even just the validation of ideas with end users with the satellite companies in terms of what would be the best thing to happen because we don't want what we don't want is just one company founded because of the will of uh, an entrepreneur or just because of even an accident that's not what we want because we can't pride ourselves if that happens so that's the first thing in terms of creating an entrepreneurial ecosystem second thing is more the awareness i think that's a long term game because it's not going to change it involving things in university to what people are exposed to in terms of also how we are reporting about satellite imagery because i would be very happy if none of the satellite imagery providers or companies are associated with space because i have come to the conclusion that it doesn't work and it only lets people think about something that is not there so i'd rather be that be associated with software than space because that is closer to the customer of course the data comes from satellites and coming from space but i'd rather not be associated so on the awareness spreading front i think i want to focus on that a little bit more because india has its own kind of evolution in the space tech ecosystem of course we are 
going to have a lot of, or at least a couple more private launchers. We're going to have several satellite manufacturing companies. We're going to have potentially, or the first human space flight mission and maybe side effects and spillovers of that. So there's a whole revolution in space tech. Let's not include Earth observation and satellite imagery into that. That would, that would be one. It's probably counterintuitive, but I think it helps from an adoption standpoint. And the last thing is more on how we make ourselves available and how our companies are thinking about it. Because I would want India to be kind of, if I, it's weird to say, but then we were the software powerhouse of the world, or we still are, but we're still losing that to, and the market is not growing as much as it should. But we can take over the onus of the geospatial powerhouse, which, to be honest, we still have, we already have quite a lot of capabilities, but we can think about it strategically, or the companies in India can think about it strategically to become the geospatial powerhouse, because a lot of companies here in the West are going to want to build solutions. Some will buy off the shelf, but then quite a few of them will want to build their own customized solutions. And I don't know if we have enough capacity in India to have ready, to be ready for all the work that can come in. So come from a company point of view, like the corporate, I'm talking about the big pros and TCS and the HCLs of the world. They are probably thinking about it in a very fragmented way, but I would probably encourage a lot of them and recommend all of them. And I think it's also a function of how we do the awareness and how ISRO sets up the strategy and how the government adoption happens. But I also like them to see some strategic focus on it because there's definitely a way to go there because there are there is going to be a need for these geospatial powerhouse companies that can build geospatial enable software solutions. And guess what? These companies already do a very good job of building software. They just need to integrate satellite data into it and they need to think about it strategically. Yeah, those are the three I've come to mind. So, Pavan, thank you so much for spending the time with me and talking about a lot of these things and good luck with all the things that you're doing. And I'm sure that there's tons to do with respect to this uh, this industry and there's a, a lot of progress that needs to happen. And part of that, I hope that will come from a lot of the companies and a lot of products that will come out of India as well. So thank you so much for spending the time and uh, yeah, see you soon. Thanks, thanks Naren. It was a pleasure. Yeah, it was a great conversation. Thanks for having me on. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening in to this episode of the New Space India podcast. If you enjoyed this conversation, please share this episode with anyone you believe will enjoy listening to it. You'll be able to find the New Space India podcast in any of the podcasting platforms that you may be using, including Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube, and others. Do subscribe to the podcast in case you want to receive new episodes automatically. I'm grateful if you're able to leave a rating for the podcast, which will help others discover it. Thank you for listening in again, and the next episode will be out in the next two weeks as usual.